going on down there. So I saw The Last Jedi on December 18, got home, and then recorded a podcast and decided, hey, let's talk about The Last Jedi and also just record whatever we talk about. And then the day after, I recorded the next podcast because schedulings. So basically, I had a 20-minute and a 40-some-minute talk uh, about Last Jedi and decided to smack them all together into this supplemental. So bear in mind, there are going to be spoilers for the movie. Bear in mind, we didn't do anything comprehensive on the film. We just kind of yammered until I said, hey, maybe we should get on with the actual episode. And also, slight spoiler ahead here. I think we all kind of liked the movie, so uh, unfortunately there's not really going to be any fist fights going on in these. Uh, it's just it's just talk about the films, so if you still want that in your life, then uh, here you go. And if you don't, it's a supplemental. Supplementals do as supplementals do. Get rammed right up the... Hey, what if we're recording a secret supplemental right now about Star Wars? Because we're going to talk about it anyway. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh... So I, I really liked it. It's the first one I've seen in theaters uh, that I uh, I think I genuinely enjoyed without because I like Empire more than this one. But the original three movies, I felt like culture told me I'm supposed to like them. OK, um, the prequel movies like were fun, but I, I would forget about them. Force Awakens was fun, but I forgot about it. I didn't actually like Rogue One a lot by the end. Uh, the, this one, I only have one huge problem, which is like. And it's almost prequel-esque, this problem. Casino Planet felt like one, like a prequel-tier expenditure of production money in in how little it accomplished. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Casino Planet was terrible. Casino Planet could have been completely cut. And yes. And it would have been just perfectly fine. It would have tightened up the movie some because the whatever three-hour runtime is deep into the... Um, I'm glad I didn't buy a drink bladder reserves even mm. casino planet. Like I got so worried during that thing. Cause like, so I, my first worry was when Leia gets sucked out of the exploding bridge because for a second I was like, Oh my God, was this a change they made because Carrie Fisher passed away? Cause this is horrifying. Right. If, if that, but then you know, obviously it wasn't. So I was like, all right, cool. But then casino planet, I was like, this this can't go on longer like like i got to a point where i was like if this goes on another five minutes like what the hell happened like who who paid what producer had like the blackmail on someone to make this thing keep going on this long mm-hmm. it just it just felt totally out of place it's like they felt like oh, what, what haven't we done in star wars before uh, oh we haven't done a casino let's do a casino it felt like, like a george lucas ass thing too it's like what if there's a casino planet full of gamblers it's like, I, sure. And they've enslaved an entire race for horror. Like, it, it felt like George Lucas, like, in a bad way. Like, that kind of, like, super heavy-handed, like, the yeah. the, the, the um, Codebreaker guy as well, uh, as a byproduct. It, it was like this, this obscenely heavy-handed, like, you know, someone always profits off war message. And I was like, that's cool. But, like, 30 minutes, I think, of runtime probably got, got touched by this. <laughs> Yeah, the things that uh, the like spoiler free way that I've been saying it is there are a lot of things that were explained that didn't need to be explained. And there are a lot of things that weren't explained that probably did need to be explained. Yeah. Like my biggest thing is, you know, the the two things that we were kind of uh, uh, told that was going to be going on with this movie was we were going to learn more about Snoke and we were going to see more of Phasma. We yeah, learn the- nothing more about Snoke. <laughs> oh my god, Phasma. And Phasma, like, it, th- uh, minor changes could have been done to that whole thing for that scene to be better. When the the hyperdrive kamikaze thing happens and the whole ship's messed up, instead of having her just ready to go, you have her fall over because, hey, the whole ship just went, and her helmet falls off. And so then you can have the real moment of, like, oh my gosh, she's she's... A she's she, from Game of Thrones. And <laughs> she looks like she's a badass. And then you have her do that final fight against Finn, helmetless, and call him traitors, you know, rebel scum and everything. That way it's not just a helmet. I wish that the broken helmet moment scum. wasn't the end of the fight. And, I, I love right. the broken helmet moment, or, but yeah. Or yeah, you could have had a moment like that where I'm just saying like something bad happens, then it's revealed that Phasma's actually a woman and 
She has, you know, she can was, get was her there, hits in, and was then there any doubt though? Well, no, yeah, right? But yeah, every other, really. the only other time we've seen a stormtrooper without has been Finn. Yeah, no, I, no, so, we we don't know like what's underneath that that you know polycarbonate armor. So I, I was, I I thought it was borderline comical the way she showed up at the end, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't mind. Like it it played into the, the phasma I like now because also. Once again, you know, like she's probably dead, but right, they had her fall off screen in such a way where I was like, she totally just like, she friggin' just fell into she she had a Joker death again, where she <laughs> yeah. fell into a thing. No one saw a corpse, she, and I want I want her to show up in the post credits of the end of this trilogy. <laughs> I want I want it to be just Phasma just walking out, gleaming armor, completely fine. <laughs> right after the big metal ceremony or whatever the hell happens, just she she just kicks the door open and is like, "Defect, <laughs> we got one more round." <laughs> and then it was just like that they sold up that we'd know more about Snoke, and we just don't. How is so, this? How is this super powered, or at least very high power? I, I I can't compare him to the Emperor or to Vader, but how is this dude rolling around the galaxy at the same time that? Palpentine and Vader are scouring it of anything force related. So I, I am within the 30 years or so he can become the core of a large like empire or, or new order in order to take out everything that has gone on in the past from I the 100% trilogy. agree like that we needed we needed just like a throwaway line at least cuz Aside from the part where they never, and they probably only in a comic book now will ever talk about who the guy was. Mm-hmm. I was kind of cool with getting him out of the picture. Uh, I, I, like I really liked how that scene played. I just wish that he had just mentioned something because I have I have an idea for who he is, and if if no one says otherwise, I'm okay with my idea being it. Is I just imagine he's not like whether or not he's a Jedi or a Sith. I don't really care. He's some Force wielder who like survived the the big purge. Uh, Yoda'd out on like a swamp planet or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's just he's the friggin' he's he is the lucky scumbag who like finally crawled out of his hole in time to see like the Empire fall apart and was like, all right, I can weave some space magic and win over all these leftovers and like I just I, I think of him as this hubris laden just like lucky friggin' dude, like yeah. the guy the guy who probably should be dead who should never have been in charge and and he just uh, snake oils all these idiots with with force magic. Uh, and then you know get gets hubris. I liked I liked how just straight up hubris he got. Yeah, there was discussion at work of somebody saying like you know if you want to have to do the it all ties back the same way thing, you just have it be that this is um Palpatine's mentor, and yeah. Palpatine when he came to power thought he killed his mentor because of the Sith rule of two dumb thing, and. Then you can be that's why Snoke's all messed up because he survived this. And then he, you know, went off in seclusion until he, you know, his his progeny done messed up and he rolled back in. And that's how he's got the the contacts and connections and everything to rapidly yeah. rise in power. Well, or you make force, or, or right? you can eat. Right. Or you he can just, just has, go so far. As, right. Or you can go just so far as to say, like, I'm from a different branch of the Sith. Yeah, and that works I mean, just as well. Your, your just, dude, your dude who friggin' shot lightning just died, along with the dude who could choke people across spaceships. A guy shows up just saying, "Like, I can make this 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 can of coke spin in the air." Everyone's gonna be like, "All right, cool, you're in charge, please." Right. right. <laughs> well, that's what uh, happened hoping, at the end of this movie. It's like, you, or you, even you, a force user dies, and then the next guy up just comes like, "Yeah, I can do that too. I'm in charge now." Or even just the password to the ship lock setting was behind a yeah. force door. <laughs> yeah, <he's laughs> like, no, you got, you got to be able it. to close your eyes and go. I really want that to be Snoke's story. Like, like I, I want, I want this to be the story of just like some lowly friggin' monk who who should never have been in that position, who just happened to be the last surviving superpower, like the la- like the last surviving force dreadnought that mm-hmm. all the bad guys could find. Because, uh, yeah, the Casino Planet and, and like, kind of just discarding Snoke are my two problems with the movie. Phasma, I think, after Force Awakens, I had come to terms with her being a, a, a Boba Fett in-joke. 
as much as I didn't want yeah. that to be the case. Oh, so it didn't bug me as much. Unfortunately, I, Boba did more than she did. I guess my my issue with the whole thing in in Phasma is that it was sold up. Yeah, oh, yeah. you know, we we've got this great actress, and you know, we've really been working on it. We she's got these scenes, da 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 da. Like, yeah, she has more screen time because in the first movie she had five minutes of screen time with like a line and a half and in the second movie she has six minutes of screen time with three lines so i yes she's in more of the movie but the the way i was okay with it also is i did it felt like uh in a way the filmmaker didn't like even though the filmmaker for whatever reason bent his movie backwards for casino planet at least he didn't bend it backwards for toy placement characters as well which is, I don't like saying because I like toy placement characters, but I felt better about it at the end. Because uh, otherwise, like I, I really liked like the the hyperdrive, the, like the friggin' what's her name, the hold the holdo maneuver. Yeah, the way they delivered on that was one of the most breathtaking sci-fi things I've that seen was, in a good the, long yeah, time. That was that was like I I've, I've I have like, never heard a theater go frigging silent for oh, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. there was like, there was one guy in my theater that like when that happened and you see the the like pop and then the like reaction after that and it's all just like almost black and white, stark yeah. silent. One guy in my theater just goes, "Oh shit!" Yeah, I, I yeah I, I, I had that and then, away. And then yeah, it was I, like the crash as it comes back in. Like yeah, the, I had the that. dead my silence. Theater, yeah, yeah. Like my like, theater like, went dead silent for that moment, except down my row, one guy who just went, "Whoa!" Yeah, everyone's so used to Star Wars having this sort of like, like when even though all the ancillary stuff always goes in the opposite direction, the films will always end up with this mirthful feeling of heroic sacrifice, but it's always clean. And mm-hmm. in this case, it was like the mo- and I was like, and I was even thinking about it right in the moment. I was like, oh, why did no one ever do this before? And I was like. The way that every single character reacted to that felt to me like that's not something anyone's like even had crossed their mind to do. And yeah. uh, and it was like, uh, like, yeah, I, I was too, if I wasn't like, if, I think if I was sitting there with any friends. I probably would have just dropped like, holy shit, because that was what was going through my mind mm-hmm. during that moment. Uh, it, it was I almost felt bad the movie was going to have a set piece afterwards because I was like, you friggin' topped. Like, the, yeah, that <laughs> was Star the, Wars just topped. <laughs> that was so I, I had to have this discussion with somebody at work that is also a, a Star Wars nerd uh, who, you know, read a bunch of the old books and the like. And it was the nearest thing that we could, like, conclusively come to is that there because in Rogue One, we see ships going to hyperspace hyperspeed like smear up the side of that star destroyer yeah as it comes in and so it's like maybe there's just like one critical point in in that going to the hyperspace that lets you have you know infinite velocity and in our it's universe like, it's like versus... you turn into a giant railgun bullet almost. right but there's just like, like a split second of time where you're that and not in hyperspace that's who else i want in the in the post-credit sequence through. Of episode nine, Phasma kicks the door down, and then Holdo's ship comes out of hyperspace finally, like above <laughs> above the church or whatever, wherever the metal ceremony thing that ends the trilogy is happening. And she just like comes down on a rappel and's like, Round two <laughs> <laughs> Uh Yeah, like that, um th- th- there was there was a lot of good scenes in that movie, and I and I liked a, like uh, the, I didn't get any spoilers. Holy crap! Like I thought I got spoiled on something because everyone was joking about all these pictures of like infinite Homer Simpsons or like you know this Photoshop someone had made of a billion mm-hmm. rays and then going like oh I didn't think and I was like oh no Ray's a clone oh no they're gonna do clones and I was like not oh no in that it's gonna suck it's just like well I know exactly how Star Wars does clones and this is gonna be predictable, uh, and and that didn't happen and I was and like I friggin' Yoda made made me light up especially when yeah, he did yeah. the thing he did and i was like oh because then i realized yoda and luke like old luke they finally both reached the same point because they because they were both just penitent old monks who realized that they had they realized too late that mm-hmm. uh they'd let their religion take them down the wrong rigid path uh and then like luke's final stand i thought was amazing like the the way that it was delivered mm-hmm. um like I like just like the way that he did it, so that like once again, like Ben doesn't actually get to commit the deed that would make that would you know corrupt his soul. 
Uh, and that Luke also as a, like as a mythos in that universe goes out like a legend like all those all those nothing goons in the first order all they're gonna know is that they shot the guy five million times and he brushed his shoulder yeah uh, yeah and, and that, like, that was also the best shoulder brush like oh oh that was yeah. perfect like friggin mark hamill owned that whole movie like i love i never bought into the idea that luke skywalker would effortlessly just become the new jedi master of all you know the f- new order of jedi like the dude the dude had training from one and a half people and all the other Jedi were gone. I, I, I comp- like the whole character arc they described for him made complete sense to me. The the divisiveness being focused on Luke Skywalker in the non spoiler commentary you you were catching for the last three days. Like I, I can't say I don't get it because I'd be being deliberately obtuse. I'm just kind of astounded that that is the linchpin that is setting people off. Because I the way people were talking, I was like, did Luke frigging like eat somebody? Or, like, did Kylo Ren have, like, two other brothers and Luke, like, skinned them in front Mm -hmm. of him or something? Like, (laughs) uh, yeah, I really, I really, really was happy with that. And I'm hoping that I feel this way, like, 24 hours from now. Because I kind of felt really happy with Force Awakens. And then, like, like before I even went to bed, I was starting to forget the movie. I felt Uh, like I felt like this movie got better for me after I had 24 hours to digest it. A lot of people are saying that. Like two friends of mine were like, this is the first time I've they were telling me like almost, you know, I'm I'm paraphrasing, but like pseudo quote. First time I've felt like I had to sit and think about a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Yeah. it's yeah, like because the whole point of this is to challenge a lot of preconceived notions about Star Wars in general. You know, the yeah. di- the director explained it, and I get, you know, twenty four hours later is when I actually realized it. The whole point of just saying like Ray's parents, like the big reveal, is that there's absolutely no payoff. They're just a bunch of drunks selling off their daughter for money. Yeah, uh, that's the, okay. That's actually the best thing you could have done because everyone was, was yeah. ex- everyone was expecting the Vader moment. I didn't mm-hmm. want like I, I was on the subway going home and the thought crossed my mind. I was so happy that at no moment did this movie make someone be able to say, ah, I called it because it's like a lot of our like enthusiast culture right now has become about who can predict what's going to happen and, and who's the smartest of the yeah. people who aren't making the media. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I was really like I was imp- Thor Ragnarok did this for me in different ways, uh, but I was impressed with how much the movie like didn't want to vindicate somebody's theory in a way like like if it did it would do it by happenstance rather than having like this this grand reveal of picking the person out of the crowd and going like you're the one who got it you know mm-hmm. uh so i i, I was I, i'm i'm really pleased with it i'm looking forward to seeing what the guy does with his own trilogy i got like my one downer i'm and i, I don't want to be right uh, i want to eat crow on this i'm a little mortified that jj abrams is doing the follow-up to this if if yeah, I understand correctly, no. I'm I'm not I'm not terribly worried because if you look at the two movies back to back, which is what I did, I went to watch the for, the Force Awakens before we went to this one. Yeah, you do see the pattern of hey, this is familiar. This is what you expect out of Star Wars, and it reminds you of all the stuff that you expect in a Star Wars movie. And then we get to Last Jedi, where all of your expectations are defined, and the intention is to literally burn down what star wars is so they oh, can yeah. set up what it's going to be from here on out well, that's that's mm-hmm. what this movie did my 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 only fear is that i i don't know if i fully believe jj abrams is is the guy who can follow this up without um i don't know simmering it down too much like i feel like he's the guy who's going to run in with a paper towel you know to dab up some of the water on the floor rather than just finish cooking the stew Right. Um, not, I, like, I, that's I, not, I, I'm not saying he's like a bad filmmaker. It's just that he's the more I think about it, the less I feel like current J.J. Abrams is a risk taker filmmaker. So I'm I'm just I'm I, I have a little bit of like, I don't feel like I'm going to see or I'm going to feel like this again when I see episode yeah. nine. Uh, it, it just it just feels like to me they knew what they were doing. Where the two oh, movies, yeah. the two movies perfectly complement each other for what they were going for by the end of the trilogy like the one little silver lining to how snoke was dealt with all things considered i feel like everyone sat down and went like what what can we actually do with this guy and then they Mm -hmm. all sat there and were like he's just the emperor and i and i feel like 
the right decision was made. Uh, although I, I really, yeah, I think, I think it is the, the part of it that feels dirty the same way that a certain part of Thor Ragnarok felt a little dirty to me was, was the wholesale tossing and not explaining a single thing. Uh, Thor Ragnarok did a similar thing with the adventurers three, uh, which, which I wasn't as into either. Yeah. Um, although I, I like the, I think Snoke was, 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 uh, a better handled element, uh, you know, comparing the two handlings. Um, anyway, I also wanted this talk to be about 20 minutes and we're literally, I feel like hitting a good point, uh, for a hot take supplemental and I feel all warmed up now. So let's, let's go to our real show. I get quote unquote real show or like right now. Okay. We could do it right now. I suppose. Hey Seth, I really, I I actually really liked the last Jedi. Oh, me too. I liked it a lot. Yeah, so I feel, I thought, I, I for some reason thought I was going to encounter a lot of different opinions, but it turns out everyone on this podcast liked the movie, so that, we're, <laughs> we're a friggin' hive mind. So, yeah, uh, well, I, I understand where um, a lot of the criticism for it is coming from, like I get what people are saying, uh, it's just those things didn't bother me very much. The ones that everyone's like the things that are the headliner quips everyone is talking about. Yeah, like I, I'm fine with it. Like I actually have a couple big problems with the movie, but it seems like, like people talk about those problems, but not nearly as much. Because like really like my biggest problem, and I mentioned this to the other guys, is uh, I I really didn't like Casino Planet. I felt the whole Casino Planet sequence was kind of like, it felt like an episode of a TV show happening in the middle of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I could have done without a lot of it. It it could have been a lot shorter. Yeah. I, I also feel that's the weakest part. Um, so they could I, have so really go- trimmed it down. The, the protracted escape on the back of the racing animals, that whole chase was way too long. It felt like it felt like um like prequel stuff. Like, not meant to be, like, a big dig. It's just that tonally it felt a lot like a prequel movie sequence. Yeah. And then, so I went I went online afterwards, and I was like, all right, I bet this is what everyone's fighting about. And it's like, Ooh. no, they're talking about something else. And I'm like, oh, okay. They're talking <laughs> about that their headcanon fan theory f- fiction isn't what was in the movie. Well, I mean, I have I have a theory for Snoke that has not been rebuked. So, as far as I'm concerned, it's still true. That he's just a space mummy? Yeah, uh, he, well, not a space <laughs> mummy. What he is, is... So, okay. Obviously, they've laid out in their ancillary material that, like, the end of the Clone War wasn't like, all right, literally every Force user's dead. So, it's like, this dude was probably just obviously horrifically injured and was just, like, Yoda-ing out on, like, a moon somewhere. And then he saw, he sees that the galaxy-spanning Empire suddenly just lost its, like, lightning-shooting space wizard figurehead and as a result was like in shambles so he just showed up and like you know made made like a wrench float in front of some guy and they're like oh all right you're in charge and there you go well so i haven't read i've been thinking about getting the the audiobooks but the aftermath trilogy of books Mm -hmm. which is like it, it spells out what happens after empire strikes back up through the battle of jakku Oh, I didn't even know there were books. Yeah. So I I, I saw a video that kind of gave a synopsis of what's covered. And I, I get, if I remember correctly, what they were saying was the emperor had been like through the dark side, been like getting like a message from from like outside the galaxy, like past the rim, ah. like in, in that sort of dark space. Um like something drawing him out that way, like a powerful dark side force. So the assumption is that was Snoke. Okay. So Snoke's Snoke is some some being that was out there. And then there was a, a plan in effect that if something were to happen to the Emperor and he were to be killed, then then this group he had put together from within the empire was to go out past the the outer rim and search for this thing and that's what the first order evolved out of all right 
Like, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Uh, but I, I like my idea more, because I, I like the idea that Snoke, like, absolutely should never have been in charge of anything. Like, he's just, <laughs> he's just, he's just happened to be the last space wizard they could find. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. And then, um, this guy, Pat, the NES punk, I watched some of his stuff on YouTube. He mostly does video game, like classic game kind of stuff. Um, he put up his little review. Um, and he was addressing people complaining about Snoke not being anybody. Or yeah. like they're not being a big explanation of what or who Snoke is. And he goes, well, you know, when all we had was the original trilogy, the Emperor was just some ugly force guy. Like, yeah. he was just some scary jerk that had the dark side. Like, there wasn't a big explanation of what the Emperor was or where he came from. I, I've i been of two... Because I read, I read about that, like, that notion. I've been of two minds about it only because of the... um, I guess just the presentation that Force Awakens did for the dude. Or I, I feel like there, there was a slightly different tonal presentation um, back in, like, Empire when they were just like, there's an Emperor and he's the spooky guy where we got a rubber mask because we haven't got an actor for him yet. And, uh, and like, I don't, I don't think we need like a full backstory. I just feel like, cause that, that was my only other one problem is because the previous film had almost shouted, uh, the question of like, who is this man? It's like, you, you, there's, there's enough, there's, there's enough precedent where it's like, I would have liked the throwaway line. Yeah. But don't they kind of do the same thing in empire where, you see the emperor in a hologram, and he tells Vader what to do. Oh and yeah, he's yeah. Darn. But then, like in in Force Awakens, they also are like, "This is the guy who quote." I don't know if this is the phrasing, but like, he's the one who poisoned Ben's mind and gave him ideas and put thoughts in his head. So having that direct an effect, like <laughs> like like the emperor done did to Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, in a, in a prequel film, though. Like this is I don't know this there's a to me there's like just a slight enough difference of like I I just would have liked to have known like a thing about this dude also because this is of all of the Star Wars films this trilogy is the sequel trilogy so that it also just has that one extra uh responsibility on its shoulders for elements introduced well I because bet dollars... there are uh-huh. go ahead uh, it's just because there are still so many it's close enough to its uh to its, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The thing it's a sequel to. Uh, it's close enough to that chronologically wise that, like, it, it just has, I think there's a certain responsibility to to throw in that touch of connective tissue. It's It, it also, I don't know, because I, I otherwise was, was completely fine with everything they did with the guy. Uh, I, I kind of likened it a little bit to the way, do you see Thor Ragnarok? Yeah. I likened it a little bit to how to how the way the Warriors Three was handled in that it was a similar thing where I was like I don't mind this, but uh, because of a movie that happened before this one, this is sort of bumming me out. Yeah, well, I mean the way they they handle the Warriors Three just seemed unnecessary. Yeah, and it, it didn't wreck a movie for me. It's just like. It was one thing where I was like, this is where I wouldn't have minded, like, just a touch of, like, here, we're going to give you this, you know, in their case, we're going to give you a little bit of a send-off, or in the case of Snoke, like, we're going to give you your one little tidbit to shut you all up, and then we're going to do our really fun thing with them. (laughs) Well, you know, I'll bet you dollars the donuts there's going to be a book and or comic book miniseries that will give you the whole Snoke story. I just don't want, I don't, I don't want to have to rely on that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a pet peeve of mine lately. Well, I mean, they've always done it with Star Wars. Like, when there was nothing but the original three movies, the only yeah. way to generate new content was to do comics and novels and whatnot, exploring every background character and giving everything a big, giant story. Um, like, the, the friggin' Ichthorian hammerhead guy that's just sitting there in the cantina Mm -hmm. 
has this whole elaborate story of what his deal is and how he ended up in the cantina. There's a short story collection called Tales from Jabba's Palace, where literally every single denizen of Jabba's Palace gets a story, and it ends with all of them getting turned into Bomar monks, which is hilarious. Yeah. So, so like, that's just going to happen with Star Wars, but it's when there's information that you need to understand what's going on in the movie. And yeah, like, I pertin- don't, like really pertinent information. Right. So like whatever Snoke's backstory is, is really semi irrelevant. He's just, he's the super jerk in charge. Oh yeah. I don't need his whole history. I just want to know who he was to Ben. That's, that's my main thing. Like, I don't, I don't need to know how he got in charge of the first order. Cause that's really easy to figure out. Cause he's a space wizard. And like the, it's like, British space Nazis always seem to like gravitate towards being led by a space wizard. Like that's just, you know, that's yeah. the culture of, of a galaxy far, far away. But like the, the, the relation that he had to Ben is the one that I was like, well, now I really want to know about this. And obviously there's a whole extra film in which they could do it, but I, I wanted it to be in this one. Cause I like this filmmaker more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause I'm like, not, I'm not actually super excited about episode nine. I'm not like, I'm not like thinking it's going to suck. I'm just like, yeah not trim i'm not like oh man i can't wait to see what jj does to follow this up you know yeah well my assumption is if snoke is able to link ben and ray's minds across distance when he doesn't even know where ray is um so they could have their little little conversations mm-hmm. then my assumption is <clears throat> snoke was just reaching out from the darkness wherever he was and was just like reaching out through the force to find a powerful force user and landed on Ben Solo and started corrupting him from a distance. Like yeah, getting into his head and giving him messages, maybe telling him that there's some messed up stuff about Luke, messed up stuff about the Jedi. You know, he kissed his sister once. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, know your mom? he kissed his sister once. He totally <laughs> made out with your mom. <laughs> You're going to let that man run your little commune? <laughs> What'll he do to you? Yeah, and I'm assuming the Knights of Ren are off doing something. And I expect to see them in the next movie. I want. I feel like it. there was... I hate this now. I feel like there was some piece of ancillary fiction from two years ago that implied the Knights of Ren are all gone by the time Force Awakens starts. But... <laughs> I... I don't know. You know what? I want to cool say that... I heard or read something with J.J. Abrams or somebody saying the Knights of Ren are just busy. Or I, I mean, I'd be way more into that because I, I'm, I'm always down for elements that sound cool to have not happened in the past. Like I, I want to look. That's what I'm liking already about. Like that's, I think that's why one reason why I liked this film a lot, especially, is this was like the good film uh, for me from this trilogy that is like where all the new things are happening. Yeah. Uh, and I, I also like, I was just astounded how much I liked this movie given like, you know, a, that I already, I still have a bunch of problems with it and B like, I have never been able to get very excited about star Wars, uh, for whatever reason. And like, this one is the first star Wars film that like really, really connected with me. And I was here to watch it come out. Like, I, I still think empire is my favorite star Wars film followed by this one. But uh, Empire uh, falls into the realm of it. That's from Star Wars when culture was telling me I'm supposed to like Star Wars. So like my my opening opinion on it is going to forever have been colored by that. Yeah, I mean, I would say um, depending on my mood and it switches periodically, um, A New Hope or Empire flips back and forth as my favorite. Mm. Um then like right now where i'm at right now the last jedi is third Mm -hmm. um now i've only seen it the once and it's still fresh and new so i mean that could change well Um, here's what i'm here's what i'm gonna say is force awakens after about six hours I, i loved force awakens when the credits rolled six hours later i'd forgotten half the movie and I, I just kind of forgot about it when I woke up the next day. It's now been 24 hours. I'm still thinking about Last Jedi. That's never oh, happened to me Did I say Force Awakens movie. was third? 
I think I thought you said Last Jedi was third. Okay. I mean, I, I assumed that's what you were saying. Okay. I, I <laughs> just when I realized you were talking about the Force Awakens, you forgetting half of it. I was like, wait, did I say Force Awakens? And now he's rebuking my position. Of it. <laughs> no, no. I, yeah, I wasn't saying that to go like, oh, that's real cute. That's just huh, cute. You like that one the third most? I forgot it. Yeah. <laughs> no, like with Force Awakens, like I enjoyed watching it. Um, I don't have a, like a real problem with it. But I mean, once either. I really kind of realize that, oh, they're kind of, this is kind of a a rhyme, like that clip of George Lucas saying all the movies rhyme. Like, yeah. <laughs> once this is a rhyme to A New Hope, it started getting a little predictable. Yeah. Um. Then, like, with this movie, like, I went in with certain expectations. Um. Like, I figured there was going to be some more about Snoke. I figured their raised parents would be revealed as somebody important. Um, I thought that whole thing with the little speeders racing toward the walkers, I assumed that was going to be at the beginning. Mm. Just like Hoth was at the beginning of Empire. Um, so as the movie was going on and on, and they weren't even on a planet yet for that to happen i was like ooh, okay i'm not i i don't have the outline of this laid out in my head the way it's gonna go this yeah. is bucking bucking expectations oh and, yeah and then uh, it kept bucking expectations and that kept me more engaged once we got to the part where rose and finn had failed to uh, do their MacGuffin run uh, and then like Kylo had just bisected the new Emperor guy I was sitting there going like you know what I think it's the first time I've ever watched a Star Wars movie and I actually have no friggin idea what's gonna happen right now because <laughs> I mean I don't mean this to be a dig on Star Wars it's just I've always taken Star Wars as a kind of like it's to me it's the movie side of Star Wars um, has always like TV shows have always been different. The movie side of Star Wars has always been a kind of predictable, kind of cheesy romp uh, for the most part. And yeah. like this, this film, like in that in that that point when they had like the 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 build up to the friggin awesome Holdo maneuver uh, was where I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then uh, she like. Lightspeed jumps her cruiser through Snoke's mothership in one of the coolest sci-fi things I've seen in like a good couple years. Yeah. My theater goes dead silent when it happens with perfect timing. I'm just like, all right, that you know what? Star Wars actually achieved a certain plateau here that I never have given it credit for yeah. for my own tastes. My my the only thing I didn't like about that character was it drove me nuts like the whole time from her introduction that she's this vice admiral wearing just a gown like where's your uniform lady <laughs> oh the uniform like, was were, a were you at a party before <laughs> everything started kicking off and it's like i was at this cocktail party and i just <laughs> ran over <laughs> it's the turtleneck you know every everyone was like man you look good in a turtleneck and then she also happened to be a super good like commander and she's like yeah it's right also the turtleneck's my uniform now do something about it <laughs> oh man that one that one bridge officer lady, like, couldn't have been more, like, caricature of a British person. Oh, she was the Britishest lady ever. Yeah, with that long her. nose. I was just like, damn. Like, <laughs> I actually saw a really fun tweet from someone who was, like, speaking of someone who has, like, a pretty big nose. I was super down with The Last Jedi just repping some, like, solid characters with solid noses. <laughs> and I was like, nah, I get it. That's, like, the the on-screen the on look of a lot of the cast and a lot, even a lot of the extras was really fun. Uh, also, I was ecstatic that, like, even though she was mostly... The, I was bummed out. I liked Rose and Finn a lot. I liked, I liked the way they interacted a lot. That's part of what bummed me out about Casino Planet was that ended up being the bulk of their time on screen. And I was like, I like, I like these two. And they're what's getting me through Casino Planet. But, like, I've, I've yelled about this before. It was so nice to see Rose, this character, who is, like, super-duper Asian actor, and her character has nothing to do with it. Uh, it's just, I don't know, it made me feel really good. 
I don't get to see that very often. After <sighs> Donnie Yen in Rogue One being the complete opposite story, you know, as a, who was a cool character, obviously, and I, I don't dislike that dude, but like we had the last Asian lead guy I can think of in Star Wars who was playing a blind monk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now, now we've got this one who's just like, nah, she's just like, you know, and uh, what was it like an engineer who uh, who's got a good heart. Yeah, and a, she's a, just a mechanic lady, and she happens to be an Asian actress. Yeah, I was I was so pleased. Yeah. Um, um, well, so like one of the complaints I've heard, I've I I saw a bunch of people like there was this Twitter moments of people complaining about the movie, mm-hmm. and several of them were like, "Rose is a useless character. There's no point to her. Like she doesn't do anything. She doesn't add anything. What's the point of Rose?" And then, like, all the people who are like, I hate that Ray's parents aren't Obi Kenobi or Luke Skywalker's, and like, I hate that her parents are nobodies. And it's like, how, how are you all missing what the whole point of this movie was? <laughs> like, the whole message of this movie was anyone could become a hero. Yeah, the last shot of the entire film, the stable yeah. boy. Mopping up like hay in a racetrack, going like I'm gonna be a rebel one day. Yeah, the the two themes that they beat you over the head with is anyone could be a hero, and you have to let the past die. Like that's Kylo's refrain: is the past has to die. So by killing Han Solo, by killing Luke Skywalker, by you know just Admiral Akbar gets incinerated um <laughs> i was laughing my head off when i was like i think they just killed akbar and then they they like almost just grabbing you by the neck just had someone verbally confirm it in the next scene they're yeah. like everyone's dead admiral akbar the rest of them i was like that's hilarious <laughs> yeah it's just it they're clearing it out which is what they kind of need to do yeah to grow star wars now supposedly <laughs> With Ryan Johnson doing the next trilogy all by himself, um, I guess he said somewhere along the line that the the next trilogy isn't going to have any returning characters. That's probably for the best, because um, on a um, I watched Red Letter Media's review, and like Rich Evans' little thing was there he's realized how limited the star Wars universe is and how it's kind of just been the same story the whole time. Like this Mm -hmm. big, powerful evil empire and the, the scrappy rebels fighting it. So hopefully they're able to explore like some other concept of storytelling in the star Wars universe. Oh, there's so many little things they've even touched on in Rebels, like and Rebels I really like. Um, like I, I would say that Rebels uh, at times drags, but I, I've really enjoyed it. And one thing that Rebels has touched on that, like, I wish a Star Wars film would say more about is the fact that droids are literally alive, but are treated like property. Yeah. But if you've had one long enough, you just start treating it like a character. But then when it comes down to it. And like, you know, your droid is in danger and is blah, blah, blah. Half the time it's like, well, my property's in danger. And it's like, it, there's such this total dissonance with how droids are treated in Star Wars across uh-huh. the fiction. I'm like, I'm like, it's it's been decades and I feel like no one on a, on a grand platform has gone into like, well, what if, what if we talk more about the robots that are really inexplicably living creatures that, that never seems to get talked about very much? Like it's not like it's a it's a glitch where it's like oh this one uh, uh, like they they kind of mentioned it with K two S O I think where they're like oh yeah I tried to reprogram this guy and that glitch is kind of how he has a personality and it's like he got you can't just like sprinkle that pile of salt on the floor and then walk away from it like <laughs> that's a story I want to hear yeah um I, I was just I want to quickly say I was also I was really jazzed about the reveal of Ray's parents because like three or four of the trailers before last Jedi started at the theater. I saw it was all movies about the destined chosen one. Mm. Uh, it was like ready player one. It was like wrinkle in time. It was like one or two other ones where someone's like, you are the one who is going to be the one who does the thing. You alone are the one chosen by fate. And I, and I was sitting there in the trailers going like, don't play. You're making me sick of like the theme of star Wars before I see a star Wars movie. 
And then this this is the movie where they're like, hey, guess what? She's nothing. She's like, she just she she's a nothing who happened to be born like a force sensitive dreadnought. Uh, but like this wasn't some grand destiny plan. Uh, like I, it, it always felt to me like the post Clone Wars era of the Star Wars universe is like, what with the mass death of a bajillion Force users? Maybe whenever one happens to be born now, they're just extremely powerful because there's only like one in a few million now. Yeah, the Force uh, is spread around so much, <laughs> or at least yeah, like, or at least like nodes that can utilize it are not as spread around so much. So when when someone's born who can like tap into it more deeply, it's like it all just. <laughs> You know, like sucks in and like to, to me, that is a that is a way in my head that makes sense of both Ben and Ray is like, well, these two, yeah, these two were born post uh, Return of the Jedi, even. Um, I don't know. It just makes sense to me. It yeah. also to me just like without thinking about it too much, obviously, it makes a lot of sense of also how these two are so ridiculously powerful. Because uh, I, I would just assume if you're super force sensitive, you're probably also just a good learner. It's probably a whole lot of like just good uh, technique and memory learning, um, especially if you're someone who who's like on day two, I was able to lift rocks. And I always felt like it was implied that like the old Jedi would be like, you have to study for about five years and you can make a pencil spin around on a table. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I was I was super happy with like one of these movies to actively just like take down what the Jedi right before they were ended had been made out to be by the prequel movies. Like, yeah. I just like that someone said it, and it, it felt to me, everything Luke Skywalker did felt to me like what that character would be saying, like, 50 years later. You know, like, now that now that he's not in the midst of an actual conflict, and he's given time to ruminate and try to, like, make something of, you know, the Jedi again, and then realizing, like, wait, what did they do? Like, what did they actually do? What did the Jedi do right before the Empire came around? Oh, they did all this. Well, this is stupid. <laughs> Oh, they, well, they, they, they found, like, the most powerful Force user in the universe and then just, like, slapped him over the head a hundred times and went, like, you're not allowed to be in love ever! Yeah. <laughs> um, well, going back to the Knights of Ren briefly, like, one thing I thought that might be cool in the next movie is if, like, the knight, like, all the knights had been sent out on various errands and tasks and they've all been off doing their own dirt, like, at Snoke's bequest. And then now they've all come back, like either because those missions are over or Kylo calls them together because now he needs his bodyguard crew because they mm-hmm. dusted uh, the the Solo Cup army. Oh, the Solo Cup army was so cool. <laughs> yeah. I was um, so happy. I'll, I'll come with that later. Yeah. So <laughs> I think it would be cool, like, if the Knights came back and they're like, you know, we're all, we all got the Force too. We know what you did. Like, yeah. we know it wasn't the girl. We know it was you. Who the hell do you think you are? And then there's like beef. Like maybe Kylo's oh, yeah. got to beat him back into submission, or maybe they try to take Kylo out, and Kylo ends up killing them all. I want it. I want it up one more. I want at least one, if not all of them, to have had some kind of actual like human connection with those eight Praetorian guards, the Solo Cup renegades or whatever. Because uh, I was reading up, there's only eight of them. So they're, they're technically eight characters, you know, who never said anything. But it's like, what if they were also like the Knights of Ren's like siblings or loved ones or like they're the ones who didn't quite get to be Knights of Ren, but they grew up with the Knights of Ren. And so Knights of Ren all show up. And they're like, hey, what happened to the Praetorian Guard? Oh, you murdered them all. You stuck yeah. a lightsaber through his eye. That was my that was my brother, actually, whose eyeball you incinerated. Well, my so only assumption was that those were the Knights of Ren. Like they yeah. became the Praetorian Guard. Because then, like, that one little glimpse we get of the knights, they all have different kinds of helmets and whatnot and different weapons. And then mm. that's the deal with the Praetorian Guard. If you look at them close, all their helmets are slightly different in some way. So I, because of toys, I spent the last evening spending way too much time looking through images of the Praetorian Guard. Uh-huh. So there's there's only three different helmet types, but it's, like, it's spread out. It, it was very toyetically designed. There's there's three of each of two helmet types and then two of the ones with the kind of hat. Uh-huh. Um, the fight scene with them, there's a cam copy of it that I found on Reddit. So I was also watching that a whole bunch, trying to piece together precisely oh, okay. like like I I don't I don't usually do this with Star Wars, but I was like, no, I actually want to collect the Praetorian Guard through some figures. So I I think I think no, there's I definitely eight of them. Of them. 
Yeah, there's there's eight of them. If you get two of each of them, so you have six, then you just need to get one more of each of the ones who don't have hats, and then you've got like the whole squad. And I think that all the I toys. Think the, are... I think the one with the hat is in that four pack. Yeah, yeah, that which sucks because for that, that one it, it's expensive. It's almost better just to get the fig arts of that one because the fig arts one you can just get on its own. Yeah, but it's going to be a different height. Oh yeah, uh, I'm. I'm at, what I'm planning to do is my current goal is I'm just going to get one of each of the th- of them in fig arts and then the one of each of the non hat ones in black series and then see what the five look like. Mm-hmm. I saw some side by sides and it's like the height difference is just enough to make it look like it's just different suit actors and I kind of like that. Uh. But yeah, I uh, I spent too much time thinking about Praetorian Guard. But I do you, <laughs> well, then, I, because... uh, then I also think uh, I read in the last couple of days that it's been stated that the Praetorian Guard and the Knights of Ren are totally different things. I'm I'm super happy to hear that too, because <laughs> I think it would kind of suck to retroactively be like, oh yeah, those were the Knights of Ren, uh, Gratz. But like the fact like that fight scene A was really cool, but B. The Praetorian Guard, when I saw them first in promo pictures and in toys, I was like, oh, those guys look cool. And then I was like, no, no, don't go through this again. Uh Every time they show someone who's cool in Star Wars, they never do anything. These guys are going to be standing in the background. Maybe two of them will step forward and fight for five seconds and get cut in half. And then the other ones will just run away or something. Oh, yeah. I Uh, didn't expect them to do anything because they had so many toys and were in so much of the promo imagery i was like oh these guys aren't going to do anything look how much they're getting pushed so then when it when snoke gets bisected i'm like all right yeah the praetorian guard they probably have already run away but then the eight of them just step in and pull out all their different ninja weapons and i was like (laughs) excuse me and then they have a real good fight scene like yes i know they all die by the end of it but like they all did a real good job and so I was like, that that is well and above that's what I always wanted every cool looking Star Wars character ever to do. So I, I really got one over by that scene. <laughs> yeah, I thought that battle was cool. And I I really liked the whole thing of both Kylo and Ray had it had a, a vision of that going down. Yeah. But they both interpreted it different. Like yeah. they they both saw it as the other one was coming to their side. Yeah. Which and then, sends then I, this, huh? I was gonna say it sends this really cool message that I also liked in this film, which is like this feels like finally the film that very loudly is saying that maybe it was a mistake on a on a meta level to keep presenting it like heroes must eventually do the bidding of the light side and villains will or whatever people doing the the bidding of the dark side do are invariably going to be villains because that always bugged me after I kind of got older than high school looking back at Star Wars movies especially in the prequels where I was like, you present morally great characters, but then interpret what they're doing as, well, this is bad and they have to stop being morally gray or they're villains. And it, it always felt like really weirdly, I don't know, um, close minded on a writing level. And so I like that this film felt like it was actively saying like, what if our two, our protagonist and antagonist are both complete, like middle road force users who like are not representing the light and the dark necessarily, you know, like, Kylo Ren is clearly not just like a brooding supervillain and Rey is like constantly just getting super angry and then like chopping solo cup warrior <laughs> dudes heads off. So I, I like Yeah, but that. in the end they kind of just were <laughs> the yeah. good guy and the bad guy. Um Yeah, and then like Kylo's trick that leads to Snoke getting dusted um i really liked because yeah. earlier ray had tried to do the i'm gonna reach out and grab the lightsaber off the the arm of the thing and snoke makes it whip past her fling around and bonk her in the back of the head like that ain't gonna work on me like yeah. like whatever like, the watched, deal was with the, the emperor <laughs> yeah like i'm i'm clearly more powerful and i'm not falling for this mess and i could read kylo's mind so i know what he's doing and and he is reading Kylo's mind and he is narrating his every m- movement. But mm. I thought like, oh, this is super clever. He's using the visible what Snoke is seeing and narrating at the exact same time he's doing this other thing. But I thought what I was expecting to happen was like when Snoke goes and then he ignites the lightsaber and strikes down his enemy and then goes stupid and then knocks the 
the blue lightsaber away like yeah. i'm like come on man like i'm not falling for this <laughs> um so then when snoke gets dusted even though it seemed like they were telegraphing the whole thing it still surprised me because i was expecting at the last instance snoke to be like come on yeah that's, that's probably also true that like either. like snoke ain't no palpatine because it's like the things he's doing that seem more powerful to me all lined up with the dude who like my, my word is he watched the tapes right like it all happened yeah. so he's like well yeah they they did all this so i know all this can be done but then he's like he thinks he's also the the, the most powerful space wizard still alive so he's just gonna sit there going like i'm so great like like luke skywalker had talked about hubris with the jedi and like that whole scene beforehand and i was just like i kind of love that this like nimrod is like getting his getting his spine hubris in half because he's he's just like nah there's no no i can shoot lightning and read minds ain't no and i watch the tapes ain't no one as powerful as me oh nuts <laughs> uh but yeah i uh i'm 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 going to see the movie again when my mom comes to visit around christmas uh, and I'm kind of looking forward to getting another look at it and then looking at stuff in the background because I heard and I caught on some of the leak footage stuff I've been watching. There is like a lot of stuff going on in the background, a lot of a lot of little clever touches, like also for like uh, like force projection. Luke, there's a whole ton of really cool stuff they did that I missed completely when I watched it the first time, like when Luke shows up on on crate in the base, uh, he actually has no footstep fully. Like his footfalls make no noise. Oh, and then like when he has I was his lightsaber too hung on, up on his hair and beard being different. <laughs> yeah, that so that I felt I I got played. I thought that was the cheesy ass thing of like the haggard old man hero like had a quick shave and haircut to show that he's yeah. gotten back in his. <laughs> yeah, so that that's like my first thought was I was like so on the way he stopped for a dye job and a haircut like. <laughs> That's weird. But then when he pops the Anakin lightsaber, I was like, well, no, because we saw that get broken. We just saw that get broken. There, There's some shenanigans here. I, I didn't even connect. I just was like, oh, I guess he had a lightsaber with him. Like, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> well, and then like afterwards, like thinking about it, it's like, well, it would make sense. I, I mean, I guess it makes sense that everyone like Leia and Kylo saw him with the darker hair because that's that's what he looked like the last time they saw him yeah um why he had the blue lightsaber that we just saw get broken the only reason i could think of that is um just another clue for the audience that it's not really luke the thing I really want to watch for is when him and Kylo are having their kind of, you know, the lightsaber fight where Luke is just getting out of the way of everything. Yeah. Apparently, um, the salt particles are reacting to Kylo's lightsaber, but none of them are reacting to Luke's lightsaber. Hmm. Like, it gets that minute. Apparently, the director was like, yeah, we actually went, we, we knew we were going beyond the level of detail anyone would need to see with this. Because we, we were like, we want you to have a reason to rewatch our movie a few million times. And I thought that was really cool. <laughs> like real real kind of nerdy, like fine grain post-production stuff, but also really cool. Um but yeah, uh, I think I think that that's good for uh for our little chunk of the supplemental. Um I do I will say here at the end, I, I legit thought I was gonna encounter more um disagreement in talking about the film with everyone. Uh, cause I, I've never felt like I align with any of you guys, Star Wars wise, uh, <laughs> on finer details. So this is a pleasant surprise for me. <laughs> yeah. And like, I could probably talk for another hour to exhaust all my feelings, but, uh, it's not necessary. And also this, I think we've already been doing this longer than we thought we were going to. Yeah, but it was good. We, we yeah. hit a lot more, a lot more stuff than I expected. And, uh. Yeah, I, uh, I, I I might actually buy this Star Wars movie, and that would be a first wow. uh, in a good long time. Like, I I, I might buy this, and I want to watch the deleted scenes. Uh, I I am going to have eight figures of eight Praetorian guards, Kylo and Rey, by the end of the year, and hopefully Snoke with his stupid... Well, not by the end of this year, but by the end of the 12-month window. And I, I think I'm going to get the dumbass Snoke and his chair figure from GameStop or EB oh, games i have it it's great i want it now because 
if, if, if I'm going to do toys from this film, and I do now, I just want toys from the scene I liked the most, which was the fight with the Praetorian Guards. So I need, I need me a Snoke, uh, you know, face down on the floor, and I'll just pop his torso joint and have his legs sitting in the chair. <laughs> uh, I went on eBay and ordered a Hux to finally get a Hux. Yeah, Hux. Uh, this, this, this real, I, after Force Awakens, and especially after Rogue One, I was like, I'm not getting suckered by this anymore, and I'm going to wait. <laughs> and I did. And guess what? This film was good enough. This film got me to get Star Wars toys. Uh, also, laughing my head off that we, like, so everything we said about the Praetorian Guard, I got to throw this in, that all came true for the First Order Stormtrooper Executioner, and it was beautiful. I knew that guy would not be in the movie for, like, but nothing. And there's two of them for ten seconds, and then they just kind of get off-screen incinerated. Yeah. And I loved it. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, just just one more scene mentioning Hux. Mm. So just the, the opening uh, Poe Dameron messing with Hux on the radio. Um, yeah. So at first, I had a little twinge um, of like, oh no, Guardians of the Galaxy is leaking into Star Wars with the humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, like, thinking about that scene later, I was like, well, the way they've kind of been portraying Hux, um, Hux super bad wants to be the important leader. And mm-hmm. he super bad wants to give the big speech. And I can see... Hux wanting to give the big speech to this uppity rebel pilot so bad that he's going to put up with this nonsense (laughs) and not realize he's getting messed with because he's just trying to get his big speech out. Yep. That this movie (laughs) made me, this is what made me go back and get Hux because Hux (laughs) had his moments in force awakens, but also he was kind of flat in this movie. I understood now who Hux was and it it fits in with what I love about the first order. The first order is like the try hard, like wannabe empire who are not as, they're not as good at doing it. That's what I love about this era. The, the first order are kind of like a real crappy try hard knockoff of the empire and the resistance is this completely ill-equipped, like, kind of knockoff of the Rebel Alliance, who are, n- no one is as good at doing what they're doing as what they want to, like, who, the people they're trying to, they're trying to replicate in the original trilogy, and I like that part of this current trilogy, that, like, everyone is kind of worse. Yeah, well, it, they're, it, they're younger, like, yeah. Hux is young, and not all that experienced and Kylo is young and not really all that experienced. And, and they're all trying to play it being, you know, like Darth yeah. Vader and Tarkin and like, yeah. like, and also like that great scene where, where like Kylo Ren basically gets shamed into, into angry, into like rage smashing his own cool guy helmet. Uh, or like Hux is like, I'm going to go take this message in my quarters and he gets his force dragged across the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. But, like, when, when I came to that realization after the film and I was, like, breaking it down for my girlfriend, I, I would said, uh, I'm like, Tarkin wouldn't have put up with any of that. Like, if the mm. way that that Han and Luke were going to escape the Death Star was, like, Han being like, I'm going right, to, hang on, kid. I'm going to call him on the radio. <laughs> be like, yeah, let me talk to Grand Marf Tarkin. Tar- Tarkin would be like, oh, the the Falcon is hailing us. And Tarkin would be like, I don't care. Just why aren't you shooting it already? Just kill him. Yeah. <laughs> Tarkin wouldn't have fallen for that crap because he was old and experienced. I mean, even like I love that they even added in the bit where it's like you got three Star Destroyers sitting there and they're like, why aren't we blowing up this X-Wing? And it's because like, well, our Star Destroyers actually can't shoot anything at that close range. Yeah. I loved it. And like the dreadnought comes out and it's like, unless we scramble fighters, we actually can't do anything about this one X-Wing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it kind of reminded me like in World War II with the Bismarck, like the German super battleship Bismarck. Mm. Um, what ultimately crippled and led to the Bismarck being sunk were World War One era airplanes. Like the British sent these airplanes called the Swordfish, which were seaplanes. Uh, they each carried a torpedo. They were biplanes, and they were super slow. 
but the Bismarck was state of the art. So their anti-aircraft guns were timed to shoot down faster, modern aircraft. So the swordfish planes were actually flying in between the bullets. Oh, wow. Cause, cause it was timed out. So like, I mean, the Bismarck did like get some hits in, but for the most part, they, they were having a super hard time trying to shoot down these incoming torpedo planes. Cause they were slow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I'm gonna, okay. I'm going to call it cause we're, we're coming yeah. up on 45, but uh, yeah. Uh, thanks. Thanks for indulging me. I really wanted to talk a little bit more about this, like get, get my thoughts together with someone else. And so I'm probably going to be sick of talking about this movie by the end of the year. But you know what? I I have never been in this position with Star Wars before. So l- let me relish this, okay? All y'all have been in this, this I'm doing air quotes, big old fandom for like decades. And I'm finally wanting to participate. So let me have my, let me have my fun. <laughs> y'all, y'all go fight about, about canonicity of midichlorians or something. Bye. Bye.